Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. I want to, uh, by way of review, just remind you a little bit of where we were last time. The blessing and power of giving thanks. The blessing and power of giving thanks. What we said last time was, you get God's attention when you begin to give thanks. Psalm 100 says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And don't stop there. Go on into his courts with praise. You immediately get your Father's attention. You come into the gate of His presence when you begin to give thanks. When you move aside all the pressures and worries and concerns and stop being concerned with all of your particular needs and you just give thanks, it gets your Father's attention. You come into His gates. We talked about last time how it changes our perspective. That same psalm says, know that the Lord, He is God, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep, not the shepherd of His pasture. He's the shepherd. We're the sheep. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. It is an entrance into the presence, the manifested presence of the Lord, our thanksgiving. We also taught last time about how when you have an impossible looking situation, what gets lost so many times is we begin to wear ourselves out trying to figure it out. What gets lost is we don't do the very first thing that leads to the miraculous provision that we need. When Jesus was faced with the 5,000 men plus women and children, they were hungry and fatigued. You remember what he did? We found this out last time in our study. The first thing he did was send the disciples out and said this. He asked them this question, what do you have? They said, Lord, there's no way. This is impossible. Jesus said, what do you have? What impossible looking situation do you have today? Maybe the Lord would say to you, stop focusing on what you don't have and just stop for a minute and take, take a, a, little, a, a little inventory here of what you do have. And then take what you do have and offer it up to me. How did Jesus do it? With thanksgiving. He took that little kid's loaves and fishes, and with thanksgiving he came to his father, and he blessed it and began to break it, but he did it with thanksgiving. you got an issue today that looks impossible. Start with thanksgiving. And ask God, listen, if we have a lot of business people in this ministry, a lot. If I were you, whatever challenge you have, I would begin to bless and give thanks for everything about my business. I'd go in there one day before nobody was there, and I'd begin to give God thanks and praise for every piece of equipment that helps you. I would give God thanks and praise for every seat where anybody who helps you get done what you got to do, I would give him thanks for all the people he's assembled to help you. I'd give God thanks and praise for all the customers and clients he's given you. 
I would give him thanks and praise for all that he's going to give you to serve. You are his sheep. Give him thanks. Whatever you do, if you're concerned about your children, if they are absolutely tearing your heart out, stop crying and moaning all the time and go before God and thank him that he is at work both to will and to do of his good pleasure in those children. Regardless of what you see, establish the atmosphere with thanksgiving. It is thanksgiving that releases your faith. When God tells you something, it is thanksgiving ahead of time before you ever see it happen that releases that faith to go into the need. Jesus blessed and gave thanks whenever he was facing a difficult, impossible-looking situation. So that's where we were last time, and I highly recommend that if you want to hear more about that, you go online on our website and listen to that. Now today, we get to the next step in learning about the blessing and power of giving thanks. It is essential when life's circumstances and situations seem overwhelming. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 4, if you will. Philippians 4, the setting of this incredibly powerful letter was Paul's, one of Paul's imprisonments. In fact, he was imprisoned in Rome. It was about 61 A.D. And it was out of prison that he writes this incredible letter. In fact, he says in chapter 1 something that always gets my attention. He says, my imprisonment has actually turned out for the progress of the gospel. <laughs> what he says there in verse 13 is, even though I have been imprisoned, I have now had the opportunity to go all the way to the palace guard and tell them about the gospel in Jesus Christ. What an amazing, amazing thing. Sometimes we think that what happens to us is the prison when there is actually a setup for us to have an opportunity to, to talk about the Lord to those in our difficult situation. Paul was in prison. He writes this incredible letter. And then he talks to all of us, as well as the Philippian church. And in verse 4 he says, rejoice in whatever's going on. No, he says rejoice in the Lord when? I said rejoice in the Lord when? Again, he says, I will say rejoice. This is a man who's in prison. Rejoice. How do you rejoice? Think about it like this. Rejoy. Rejoy. Psalm 1611 says, in your presence there is fullness of joy. I don't care what's going on around you. If you will just slip off into the presence of God and begin to get into thanksgiving and praise, there is a connection with the joy that's already in you. Do you know if you're a believer, the joy of the Lord's already in you? It's not out there somewhere. It's in here because it's the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. You see what I'm saying? When you begin to, to focus on the Lord, then the joy that is already in you as a fruit of the Spirit begins to rise up into manifestation in your countenance. The joy. Rejoice in the Lord. And notice when he says to do it, Jeff, when? Always, always, at all times, 
regardless of our circumstances, we can rejoice in the Lord. Notice what he says in the next verse. By the way, I, I, I wanna, I, I'm not through with that. Why could he say rejoice in the Lord always? Remember what Jesus said? In this world, you will have tribulation, heartache, pressure. But be of good cheer, I have what? Overcome the world, said the Lord Jesus. So no wonder you can have that joy. Jesus prayed in the last prayer. He prayed for all of us in a prayer that I pray for you every day. Every day. I pray for you this prayer out of John 17. I ask the Lord, Lord, and I just use the words of Jesus. I ask you to keep us. I ask that your joy would be made full. I ask that you would sanctify us in the truth and keep us from the evil one. Thy word is truth. What did he say? Keep us and let your joy be made full in us. What is the, what is the fullness of joy? When Jesus said, let my joy be fulfilled in them, what did he mean? Can you imagine the joy of unbroken fellowship with the Father? Unbroken fellowship with the Father was, what, was the source of Jesus' joy. And it can be the source of our joy. Well, we have to reconnect with that joy. If you're like me, I have to reconnect often. Why? Because of what's going on in this world sometimes gets my attention and my mind gets focused on it. You know, the Word of God says in Romans 8 that in all things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. In all things. No wonder He could say rejoice. No wonder you can say, I will rejoice. For I'm persuaded that neither life nor death nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. Rejoice at all times. Notice what he says next. Turn your when, when things are going wrong, turn your attention back to the Lord, not the circumstance. Let your gentleness, some translation says weakness. What it means is let your under control spirit be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. When everything breaks loose in your life, everybody say this with me. When everything breaks loose in my life, somebody's watching me. You ever notice how true that is? When everything falls apart, say it with me, when everything falls apart, somebody's watching me. Paul said, let your under control spirit be made known to all men. And then he says, here's how you do it. The Lord is right here, right now. How much good would it do instead of falling apart if we could always bring to mind the Lord is right here, right now? Right here, right now. Everybody say it with me. Right here, 
right now. That's what Paul said. Let your under controlled spirit be named, be named, made known to all men. The Lord is right here, right now. He was in prison, right here, right now. Wow. Notice what he says next. <clears throat> Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be worried and fretful about nothing. But in how much? Verse 6, everything by prayer and what? You know what a supplication is? You all know what prayer is. You know what a supplication is? A supplication is a passionate prayer based on a, it is a petition. It's a legal term. It's a petition based on what you already see in the Word of God that God wants to do. Sometimes when I pray, I don't know what God wants to do. Do you? I don't have a clue sometimes. But when I move into supplication, I am standing on a petition, a promise of the Word of God. But he says, don't stop there. With prayer and supplication with what? Prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving. Remember what Thanksgiving does. It refocuses you, but it also releases. It refocuses and it releases the faith God's given you on His Word. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, do what? And I love, the, I love this part of the verse, Daniel. You know what he says? Let your requests be made known to God. You know what some of us are not receiving prayer because of? We don't tell Him what we want. Notice this passage. Let your request, look, rejoice in the Lord always with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Don't stop right there. Let your request be made known to God. What are you, what are you requesting? James says you don't have because you don't ask. He follows up with that. You do ask, but you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives. But you know, most of us, have a broken water. Our water is broken. We want things that are not in line with the word and the will of our Father who always wants the best for us. But sometimes our water is broken because we never express them to our... Listen, God Almighty who knows all things, who sees all things, still says, tell Him what you want. It's right there in the word. Let your request be made known unto God. Let your request. Rejoice in the Lord. Enter into prayer and supplication. Petition based on His Word with thanksgiving. And let your request be made known to God. Notice what, the, notice what happens as we rejoice in the Lord. As we refuse to be anxious. As we remember the Lord is right here, right now, as we pray and supplicate with thanksgiving, as we make our request be made known, look at the consequence of that in verse 7. The peace of God. How priceless is the peace of God? Which passes all understanding. 
will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And the word there in the Greek means will literally stand guard like a garrison of soldiers. The peace of God. It's priceless. I don't care if you've got all the wealth in the world. If you don't have peace, you have nothing. Peace is a gift from God, and only He can give real, long-lasting peace. Amen. So thanksgiving is powerful when life circumstances, as, as it was the case with Paul, were overwhelming. Lord, teach us to change the, ad, the atmosphere concerning our circumstances with thanksgiving. One thing that really amazes me is that the power of thanksgiving when you're in a crisis. You know the answer to this, but I'm going to bring it to your attention. What did Jesus do when he knew he was about to be brutally murdered and carried the sin of the whole world in his sinless body? What did he do? He entered into the Lord's Supper and he gave thanks. If you knew you were about to be cruelly murdered, would you begin to give thanks? It is powerful to give thanks when you're in a deep crisis. Understanding, can I, this is not popular preaching, but I'm going to tell you something. There are some assignments God's going to give you that he's not going to let you skip. You're just not going to be able to get from A to C without going through B. And sometimes when you know God has given you an assignment, the fear, the dread, even the desire not to have to fulfill that assignment is become so strong that we can get so absorbed in wishing we didn't have to go through the assignment than we do in giving God thanks that he's going to be in C when we start through A. God's already entered into all your tomorrows and he has won the victory. So what do we do? Thanksgiving, let me, just, let me just go ahead and tell you. You know this, you know mine and Dina's life. Sometimes God's story of what he wants to redeem is going to require your suffering. There is a redemptive purpose in godly suffering. Now, there's some suffering that's just reaping what you sow. That's the spiritual law. But sometimes that heartache that you feel about your son or your daughter or your grandchildren or your business or your sickness, sometimes that suffering is going to drive you into a place where you're going to get before your father in a way and in a realm that you've never been before. 
And you're going to find out what's really on the inside. Sometimes God will ask you to do some redemptive suffering. Not because of your sin, but for the good of somebody else. You're going to have to get up sometimes in the middle of the night and pray for somebody when you don't want to. Yeah, you are. Sometimes God is going to say, I don't want you to consume that, that cash of money on yourself. I want you to invest in a kingdom purpose that I'm going to tell you about. And it's, you, you don't have to come to grips with that. That's not going to be fun. That's going to be powerful. But um, what I'm trying to tell you is, that the purposes of God are not made for your comfort. And sometimes you're going to have to sacrifice your own personal comfort for a higher, more redemptive purpose. Some, do you ever wonder sometimes, why in the world has God brought these people into my life? Why? Why? There's a redemptive purpose in there. They could, you could have never seen somebody like, there's a redemptive purpose in there. Well, Pastor, you just don't know the kind of people I have to deal with. They might be saying that about you. I want to tell you something. If you've got very, very difficult circumstances and people in your life right now that are causing you pain, have you ever thought about the fact maybe, just maybe, God trusted you so much to be a carrier of His love and patience and grace that He chose you to be the, you were the only one He could have chosen to, to be in that person's life and to respond the right way. So maybe instead of a burden, you ought to thank God for the privilege of allowing you to interact with that person in your life. Maybe you ought to get on your knees and thank God that the son or the daughter or the, or the business associate or whoever it is, is somebody he trusted you to be a, car a carrier of his love with. He doesn't make mistakes. Thanksgiving, in time of deep crisis, is a powerful force God's given us. Now, we to turn with me back to the left to 1 Corinthians 10 as we wrap this up. And I want to, to tell you about what we do every Sunday here. You know, um, probably three years ago or so, we had a service here, and on that particular service, we were honoring the Lord through the Lord's Supper, through Holy Communion. And we have, our, our church, as you know, is made up of people from all different spiritual backgrounds, Catholic, Episcopal, Presbyterian, Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, black, white, Hispanic, you name it. And that's the beauty of this congregation. That's kind of what heaven's like, right? 
This is not a one-size-fits-all deal. And on that Sunday, as we observe the Lord's table, a, a strong manifested presence of the sweet Holy Spirit just moving in our midst as we just did nothing but pray and receive the elements. And uh, I don't know how many of you were here that day, but on that particular day, there was such a strong movement of the Holy Spirit. Um, he shut the pastor's mouth. I sat over there and had no, I, I, I didn't have anything I could say. It was a holy hush. It was a takeover by the Holy Spirit. And I've been doing this a long time. That's not common for it to be that strong. And as I was sitting right over here in that chair, the Spirit of God nudged me and he said, I want you to observe my broken body and my shed blood every Sunday until I tell you not to. And that's why we do this every week, because I have divine instructions from the Lord to do so. And I will obey it. But you know what? We have about a thimble full of revelation about the Lord's table and what it means to Him. What does it mean to Him? He's the one who said, do this in remembrance. Do this, do this. And as often as you do it, you're going to proclaim my death until I come. And it's not just the statement of a fact of something that happened. It is you're going to proclaim my death and all the benefits of my death until I come back. And then you're going to do it again at the marriage supper of the Lamb. So, what is, what is so holy about the giving of thanks? And it, it, at its very heart in 1 Corinthians 10, it is all about the giving of of thanks. In, in 1 Corinthians 10, in verse 16, we read this cup of blessing, which we bless. Why do we pray over these elements? We bless these. Is it not the communion? There's the word communion. Is it not the communion? Communion means intimate, personal fellowship, a, 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 a joining, a connection a spiritually deep connection. Is it not the spiritual intimate connection of the blood of Christ? Pastor, how can that be? That's a mystery. Of course it is. But just because it's a mystery doesn't mean it's not real. There are a lot of things that are mysteries that are more powerful than what you can see tangibly. Is not the intimate personal fellowship of the blood of Christ received by this cup of blessing which we receive the bread which we break is it not the intimate personal communion with the body of Christ what is always involved in the receiving of these holy elements what is always involved is thanksgiving it's called a Eucharist it is the expression the public expression of praise and thanksgiving at its heart 
It is thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. It reconnects us to all that the Lord has provided for us. And it, and it is the opportunity for intimate fellowship with His broken body and shed blood. No wonder the, the Word says that it's a holy thing and not to be entered into lightly. It is intimate fellowship with all that the Lord provided through that broken body and shed blood. So today as we approach Thanksgiving, let's don't get caught up in all the materialism that is associated with what ought to be the celebration of the coming of our Lord and His birth. Whatever you do, let's don't forget that this season is about giving thanks. I know we don't meet on the last Sunday of the month. But you know what? Why don't you just spend a little special time in Thanksgiving next Sunday. And give Him praise and honor and, and the glory for He's a good God. He's a good God. forward to seeing you in two weeks. Be sure and notify one of our pastors if we can ever do anything for you. We pray for you every day. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.